Welcome to Life Church. We are an ex 242 community, a family on a mission to bring the life of Jesus to Warrington. We hope you're ready to hear what God has to say to you today through His Word and by His Spirit. So, if you've got your Bibles, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6. I almost feel like I know this off by heart. This is a passage of scripture I've read for, for many years, but it is a bit like I know this more and more now as I'm kind of um, reading it each week and um, spending time meditating on it and looking at it and thinking, how does this apply to my life? So Ephesians chapter 6. A final word, Paul writes. He said a lot of stuff. And he says, here's the final bit now for you. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world. Against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore... Put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, Hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. So let's summarize. Belt of truth, that core part The thing that holds the armor all together, Paul says, get your core right, get the truth on, because that will hold you steady. Secondly, the breastplate of righteousness. Remember I talked about the bird table. When it was turned upside down, there was stuff growing underneath it that should never have been there. And Paul, he asks us to be right way up living people. Make sure we're living the right way way up. With shoes, Paul brought us being ready, the right type of shoes so that we can stand firm, but not only that, walk forward and take ground. The shield of faith, Lucas held up, Captain America's shield, okay? The shield that Paul talks about is a hundred times better than Captain America's shield. And it's that hold up so when stuff comes to attack us, our faith is put forward and we say, we know whose we are. And then Nick talked about, didn't he, the helmet of self salvation, those feathers on top that marked out who the commander of our army was, whose we belong to, and not only that, the helmet that protected the thinking and our minds in order that we could hold to the hope that um, Jesus has for us. And so today, we come with our sixth piece of armor, the sword of the Spirit. Look at this. That is fantastic. Makes me feel like I want to be a gladiator. But not a real one, because they had to really fight, didn't they? And um, I don't think I'd I'd be one of those that kind of ran the other way, really. So um, that is a cracking sword. Sword of the Spirit. I'm going to put that, I think, just there to kind of 
remind us if it stands. There we go. The Roman soldier would have probably carried two weapons. He would have carried a broadsword, three to four foot long. This was a heavy sword. So that when he was maybe running on the charge, he would take this long, heavy sword so that he could strike death blows with it. And, um, and he would use that sword as he was, you know, taking ground and, and moving forward so the enemy would see him running with a weapon and hopefully run the other way. But then there was also another weapon. It was a smaller sword. It was 18 inches long, a dagger. And we, we know that it was double-edged, so it meant as the sword went in, it would do damage on the top side into the body of the enemy. And as it was twisted and pulled out, the bottom end would bring out the guts and everything else out of the soldier, okay? So it, was, it would like, if you got kind of stabbed with this sword, this sharp, pointy sword, okay, you basically were not surviving it. And it was designed for close combat. So with your shield on your arm, as the enemy was up in your face, okay, this sword could be pulled out discreetly and hidden because your shield was covering you and you would have the sword and with one blow you would move and you would stab your enemy and they would die. And if Paul is saying to us, this is the type of double-edged sword that, as a follower of Jesus, we need to have, then there are going to be times in our life when the enemy is going to be up close and in our face. There is going to be times in our life where it is going to feel like we are in hand-to-hand combat with the enemy. And Paul is saying it is this sword, this sword that is sharper than a two-edged sword that you need to carry in your life if you are going to defeat the enemy. You know those times when you're up all night and you're worried. There's a situation in your family, perhaps it's one of your children, and you're just asking God, you're up all night saying, Lord, you need to come into the life of my child. Or, Lord, you need to come into this relationship because I can't see a way through this. This is this face-to-face combat. This is that, this time that everything just seems to be robbed from us. When there seems in our life this endless chaos or there's just one temptation after another, and this, this is what the dagger is for. When the enemy is seeming to dismantle your life, that is when we're in the full armor of God. We need this sharp dagger to put in and to kill off the schemes of the enemy. And the thing to notice about this sword is it's the sword of the spirit. Listen, it's the spirit sword. This is the weapon he uses on our behalf to push back the enemy when he is seeking to to bring chaos into our lives. And Ephesians 6 verse 17, all right, this this is the only piece of armor that Paul tells us without a shadow of a doubt what it is. He writes, take up the sword of the spirit that is the word of God. The sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. 
And in scripture, there are three different words used to translate the word of God. The first is graphe. Graphe literally means the words on the paper, the ink, the dots, the, the letters, the, the, on your app as you're reading the Bible, the words you're reading in front of you, that is the graphe. And the graphe, we need to read and we need to study. All right? This is just a book, the graphe, but we need to read it and we need to study it. The next is the logos. We know about the word logos, don't we? Dave brings us brilliant logos studies. Those logos studies are designed for us that when we read the graphe, we can delve into them a bit deeper and understand what the words mean. It means that we can understand the message of what God is saying through this book. And, and sometimes, you know, when we're in church, we can hear a preach and we're looking at the Bible or we're in life group and we open up the scriptures and we can read about something and we go, oh yeah, I understand what that means now. That's understanding the logos, understanding the message of the graphe. But then there is the rhema. And the rhema is the spoken word of God. And this is where it might be in church and the preacher's preaching, and they, they talk about something in the scripture, and suddenly you feel like, do they know what's going on inside of me? Like, has God told them what I was thinking before I came here tonight? It's when someone is speaking the word of God, and you feel like you are the only person in the room. The rhema word of God is the spoken word of God that comes personally to you where God has something specific to say to you it might be you're in, in reading your devotion time you're, you're in your quiet time and you're reading the bible and and you come across a passage and you've you've read it hundreds of times before but all of a sudden that scripture it's like it's been bolded and highlighted and it's kind of pulsating at you it's like it's living it's actually alive and it's like I can't get past this like something's got what God what are you saying to me in this and in this scripture the rhema word of God God is challenging us he is he's renewing our mind he's transforming us he wants to bring us a specific word of something he wants to say of importance to us and it is the rhema word of God that is the sword of the Spirit. It is the word of God that the Holy Spirit uses um, for, to push back against the enemy. And we're going to look at three ways in, wh in which the sword can be used in our lives. This spoken word of God. Reading and knowing the word of God will prepare you and me for spiritual battles. It will all also help us to understand and know when scripture has been misquoted. Because there are times, you know, people can quote scripture, but actually they've quoted it in the wrong context, or they've maybe changed it slightly, to kind of suit their point. 
And it's important that we read in those scriptures so at those times we know when scripture has been misquoted. In Matthew chapter 4, Jesus is in the desert. He's, he's had a period of fasting, hasn't he? And Satan comes to him three times and he speaks scripture with a twist to Jesus. And Jesus replies, it is written. And he puts the enemy in his place and he quotes what scripture actually means and actually says. And it says, the enemy, Satan, removed himself and went. I was telling someone a bit earlier, um, there was a time in our lives when I, um, we were teaching our children scripture, and each week they had to learn a verse from the Bible, and, and if they learnt it, they got a dollar, all right? Bribery works, it's great. And um, each scripture was pinned to the wall of the kitchen, and uh, we had about 20 Bible verses up there. Um, one day, um, we had a knock on the door, and there were some people who came and asked me if I was ready for the end times. And, um, and said, you know, there was only 144,000 people going. Are you ready? Do you know it's going to be you? And, and this quoted some scripture at me. And I said, and, do you know, in the moment, I'm thinking, Lord, I have no idea how to answer these people because I don't know what to say. And all those scriptures that we'd been teaching our children, the Holy Spirit started to bring back stuff to my memory. And I began to say, no, actually, the scripture says this. And then they quoted another scripture, and I said, it doesn't say that. This is what it says. And so times people can misquote scripture, and we need to know the word of God so that we can speak the truth of God into situations. Secondly, the sword of the spirit, the word of God, it renews our minds. When we read and when we meditate on the word of God, do you know what it does it helps us to live lives that are conformed to the pattern of Jesus, not the pattern of this world. Just because the world does it and thinks it does not make it right. And scripture helps keep our, keeps our minds centered on Jesus and ready for those battles. You know, knowing the word of God enables us to use godly wisdom in situations. Knowing the word of God helps us use godly mental thought processes against the enemy's schemes. And, and when, when lies seem to come in and crowd our thinking, the sword of the spirit, the sharpness of it, cuts away those lies and reminds us that greater is he that is in us than is in the world, that in Christ we are more than conquerors, that our identity is in him, and that we can rest in the storm we are in because Jesus is with us. We are not on our own. Jesus is with us. And so the Spirit, he uses the sword. He uses the rhema word of God into our situations. And sometimes what he does is also he uses it on us to stab us spiritually awake, to pinpoint things in our lives that we need to get right because he loves us and because he wants us to grow and be more like Jesus. So God's word has cutting power. Hebrews 4.12 says this, for the word of God is alive and powerful. 
It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. In other words, if we allow the Holy Spirit to use the Word of God to challenge us and to bring our lives into the pattern of Jesus, then he will cut away those, those issues of our hearts, those things in our mind that would, would seek to raise themselves up higher than Jesus. He would get rid of those things in order that we can be um, effective followers of Jesus. And every time you and I have a, a spiritual victory in our personal lives, that is the sword of the Spirit being used and cutting away the dead stuff in order that we might be alive in him. Thirdly, it provides us with ammunition. Knowing God's word gives the Holy Spirit ammunition to fight in our spiritual battles. Because the enemy cannot stand against the truth of God's word. He cannot stand against the truth of God's word. Because God's word is effective, it is active, it is alive, and it is powerful. One of the things I like to do when I'm kind of studying or, or going through things is, is to journal and write stuff down. And um, a few years ago, I was, I was in a meeting, probably 30, 40 young people, um, before me and Lucas were married. And I was, I was speaking, I was, I was doing some stuff in the meeting. Um, in fact, no, let's go even before that. Even before that, all right, okay, I'm going ahead of myself. I was reading the book of Proverbs and um, reading a few verses each day, just meditating on them, just thinking about them, you know, kind of what they mean to my life, that kind of thing. And then one day I hit chapter 15, and as I started it, it said, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Now, I've read that many times. Many times I've read that. And that day, something in that verse just kept popping out at me. Sarah, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. And it just wouldn't leave me. It just would I just, I couldn't read anymore. I just kept thinking on this verse over and over and over again. For a couple of days, this was just on me. didn't know why. A week later, I'm in this meeting with a group of young people and some adults. And we're just talking and I'm at the front. When all of a sudden, at the corner of my eye, this man who I knew just stood up and just stormed right at me. And had a few things to say to me in the moment. And you know when you stood there and everyone's kind of shell-shocked at what is happening in front of them? And I was just like, oh my goodness me, what am I going to do right now? And suddenly this verse came back to my remembrance. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. And in that moment, I had a choice. How was this situation going to be handled? I really felt 
The reason that verse had been highlighted to me prior to this event was because I was, I was to use that verse in this situation. This was God's battle plan. The sword of the Spirit, the word of God to me was, a gentle answer turns away wrath. And in that moment, I had a choice. Was I going to pick up the sword of the Spirit, the word of God, and use that in the situation? Or, in all my kind of righteousness and my, my kind of, how dare you talk to me like that, answer back, and deal publicly with something. Listen, I took those verses, and as calmly as I could, I just said something along the lines of, listen, we will talk about this afterwards. I know you're frustrated. Just go and sit back down. Something along those kind of lines. And everything just went calm, and we carried on with the meeting. You see, the enemy would come in, and he would have tried to disrupt stuff. He would try to bring confusion and, and, and all that kind of stuff. But in the moment, I picked up the word of God and used it to bring and diffuse a situation. You see, my battle wasn't with this man. It wasn't with this man. There was something else going on in the background that we couldn't see, but God knew and he gave me the strategy for that battle in that particular moment. D.L. Moody said this. He said, an unused Bible is a dull sword. Paul writes right at the start, when you're in the battle, you need to wear the full armor of God so that at the end of the battle, you're going to stand firm. Listen, there is going to be a battle. You are at some point going to find yourself in a battle. I am going to find myself in a battle I do not want to have a dull sword in that battle. I want a sharp sword. And for that sword to be sharp, I need to know and understand the scriptures. I need to spend time listening for the voice of God, the word of God, that will prepare me for things I am going to face. The thing is as well, it doesn't just benefit us. It's going to benefit the lives of people around us. There are going to be times when we have to, we talk about, don't we, standing in the gap for other people. Where other people, we can see they're in a battle themselves and they're, they're struggling. And so we're going to have to walk with them, stand with them, maybe even fight spiritually in prayer on our knees on their behalf. And so reading the word of God, memorizing scripture, listening out for the voice of God not only benefits us, but it benefits the lives of the people we come into contact every single day. The words of Jesus, they're powerful, they're effective, and we must never be ashamed to use them. We need to be confident in the words that we read in this book that is the power of life. It is the power of life. And we need to have confidence in the word of God. In the battle, the enemy will do everything to distract us from fixing our eyes on Jesus. But we've been given a sword. Not just any sword. You and I, we've been given the word of God. It's powerful than any two-edged sword. It cuts in, cuts the dead out, and brings things to life. Let's be an army of people who know how to use the sword, who know how to use the word of God 
not only for us, but for the people we come into contact each day. We've come to the end of this week's message. We hope you've been impacted and inspired. Keep up to date with everything that's happening by visiting our website at www.lifechurchwarrington.com.